It was January 17, 2007, just a little bit before 8 o'clock in the morning. A man arrived at a metro station in Washington, D.C. He was wearing jeans and a long-sleeved t-shirt, carrying a violin case. He found a space against the wall where everyone was walking by and put the violin case down on the pavement opened it up and took out his violin and he threw a few coins in the case just to get things going. And then he began to play. He played for about 45 minutes. Over a thousand people rushed by on their way to their place at work, at school, rushing to an appointment, to a meeting, to sit down for coffee with a friend. Out of over a thousand people who rushed by, only seven actually stopped to listen to the music. And out of only seven who stopped, only one recognized the man who was playing the violin. Joshua Bell had played at a concert in Boston's Symphony Hall just three nights before that. The cheapest ticket in the nosebleed section was $100. They calculated that at that concert, Joshua Bell earned $1,000 a minute for playing. In that metro station, he was playing a $3.5 million Stradivarius, and he got $37.43. And out of a thousand people rushing by, only seven stopped to hear the music. What is happening to us? We swim in a culture that has become so ill with self-absorption. We touch our cell phones over a thousand times a day. We rush to find our place over here, and then the thing we need to do over there, and over there, and everything is constantly urgent. Just a few days ago, a man was honking at me 
while I was driving so that he could pass me and then stop at a light. And I thought to myself, wow, you just earned yourself three seconds. I watched my kids taking selfies of themselves. I see on Facebook my friend sharing with us that he had scrambled eggs for breakfast. We are so caught up, obsessed, consumed with ourselves finding our place in the world, making sure that everyone knows that we had scrambled eggs for breakfast or we went on a vacation, as if the world must know that I have a place here, I deserve to be here. We have become so ill with ourselves. So I'm getting ready to have this little family wedding up in Connecticut, which is fun. It's a little weird because usually I'm the one marrying people, not getting married. We have just 40 people coming family, and then I'm going to come back here, and on, I think it's September the 18th, we're all going to celebrate with cupcakes. That'll be awesome. But up in Connecticut, I have to figure out where people are going to sit for dinner after the wedding and there's about 40 people. It's very complicated. <laughs> this person doesn't really like that person. My Aunt Sherry might like Chris's mom because they both lived in Reading. I could tell that I could become consumed with this seating chart. It could take me days if I let it. Everyone needs to feel that they have a place. And so Chris's mother is writing in calligraphy everyone's name on a place card. Why is this important? I don't know, really. Maybe I could just tell everybody to sit wherever they want, you think? In today's gospel, Jesus goes to the home of a Pharisee, an important man in society, and he watches as everyone's taking their place at dinner. And everyone's sort of doing what we human beings, especially Americans, tend to do instinctively. They're fighting for the best seat. I want to be closer to the host. I want to get the first glass of wine, the best food. We do this all the time in the grocery store, in our cars. We do it all the time, trying to get there faster, trying to be first in line. Jesus is watching this struggle to find the best seat. And like Jesus always does, he gives us a piece of total wisdom. Something so countercultural that if, if we as followers of Jesus were able to do it, it would really change our lives, could even change the world. He says, stop worrying about getting the best seat. 
Just let it go. Try this. Try sitting in the back. Try just giving up your seat. And watch what happens. Because when you stop worrying about your place in the world, when you stop living in bondage to what everybody else thinks of you and whether they've seen your selfie, you might, just might, taste a piece of freedom that comes from God. And the Holy Spirit will begin to inspire you because you're not trapped, not defined by what other people think or where you belong or your reputation or your net worth. Just try, contemplate, giving up your seat and see what happens. This is a radical thing to do and it takes enormous strength. Really following Jesus, becoming a disciple in this world not just talking the talk, but walking the walk is hard, but it is good. But in order to give up your seat, you have to first make sure that you are well and strong, that you're going to be able to swim upstream. So for the past four weeks, Mark and I have been preaching about what I call the vital signs of faith. It's a book that I've published that's coming out. It's very simple because I want people to be able to remember four G's. Can you say them? Can some of you say them? What comes first? God. Good. Second, give, grow, group. Good. So if you're going to be healthy, remember how they say on the airplane, if you're getting into turbulence or you're going to get something's going wrong, the oxygen mask will come down. You've got to put yours on first before you can help other people. That's true in the spiritual life too. If you're going to give up your seat, you've got to first put your oxygen mask on. So you've got to spend time with God. Ten minutes a day will change your life. But it has to be undivided attention with God. You can't be doing anything else. Maybe walking outside is okay, but no other projects. Ten minutes. You've got to allow the flow of generosity to work in you so your life isn't always about me, me, take, take, take. But give. Give of your time. Give of your resources. Let the flow of God's generosity work through you. You have to be willing to grow to understand that you don't know everything that there's a lot to learn from every experience that you have. And my friends, after the pandemic, I feel like this is almost the most essential piece. You've got to find a group of people, not too many of them, four or five, who you can really be honest with and who you pray with. And if you want to find a group, find me after church. Once you put your oxygen mask on and practice these simple vital signs of faith, then you will be strong enough to let go of this craziness. 
to play your music in a metro station, to feed someone who's hungry and cannot return the favor, to listen with undivided attention to someone who's lonely. This will be your opportunity to give up your seat, get off the grid, and live for something more than yourself. Because, and this is the wisdom of what Jesus was trying to say. When you give up yourself, you actually get yourself. That's the weirdest part about it. If you stop worrying about your place in the world and instead serve God, you will find that you actually have been given a place everywhere. You belong everywhere. God already has the ultimate seat for you. And you don't need anyone's approval. It doesn't matter how many likes you get. Because you are loved by the one from above. I wonder if we were able to give up our seed and stop rushing around, worrying about what people think of us, if we might become one of those seven people that hear the music. It's playing all the time, you know, that beautiful music all the time. It's extraordinary. It plays in the sunlight and in the flowers. It plays in the faces of the people that you love. It's just waiting for you to wake up and stop and listen and be free. All you have to do is give up your seat. Amen.